I saw one nice review online, which was, I liked the blackout, but I always thought Sean was annoying. Oh, yeah. But I like Sapnin Podcast. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, cool. Listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin. Sapnin. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing going first? Well, I thought I'd do it's something not, different. Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith, not Sapnin Podcast with Morgan Richard, well, sometimes Sean Smith, just <laughs> after him. I'm the co-host as well. Yeah, well, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, so are you. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, before we before we start, there's a couple of people um, we need to thank. Um, special thanks and all the love in the world go to Ailey Connolly at Little Press. If you're a band and you're looking for a press agent to get you in magazines and stuff, she's the one to speak to. She's amazing. She did all the blackout stuff. And I hope one day that we can have her on you yeah, if she won't be too giggly. Um, she's the best. I love her. She's great to work with as well. And she's great to work with because Morgan's also worked with her in um, in a different format. Yes, from as a press person. So to, Nice. Yeah, she's so, been great to work with. Helped yeah. me up a lot. And on that note, we also got to give um, special thanks to a couple of people who mentioned us on their websites this week. That's mm. uh, Kerrang! Magazine, Rock Sound, Dead Press, Sound of Pen, Punktastic, and my French friend Marie, who wrote about us. I have no idea what she wrote because it was in French. Yeah, I, well, I checked. She mentions me, so I like her, but I have no idea what she said. Yeah, so she could have anything. said... yeah. You know why? It's probably. Oh, oh no! I'm not even going to go into that. I was yeah. Do a well, French. let's let's stay yeah. out of that. All right. Cool. Also, we want to thank everybody who's listened to episodes one and two, shared, subscribed, or rated on iTunes because apparently that's really important. Getting ratings on iTunes. It's very important. And if you leave a really nice comment underneath and tell us how much you love the podcast. All right, they don't have to love it. You well, someone it seemed like you were forcing that a bit. Well, sorry, but, but someone said the chemistry was really good, Sean. So they were wrong. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Please share it amongst your friends. Um, even if you don't think they like it, at some point we're gonna have a guest on they probably like. So, nah, we win. Um, but yeah, honestly, it means the world to us if you've shared it, listened, given us two seconds of your time. Thank you, thank you so much. But anyway, it's exciting this week. It's exciting this week because we've got our first ever guest. We have for the first time ever. That's someone... why I said first ever. Yeah, first just, time ever. Just big, big oh, oh, just oh, oh! Did you know this is the first time ever that we've had a guest on this? Is it? You haven't yeah. mentioned. Well, you mentioned it just now. Anyway, yeah. So this week's guest is former, or but to me, always frontman of Kids in Glass Houses because I love them as much as I love him. Alid Phillips. The one and only. Yes. Um, yeah, so we talk a load of nonsense mainly, but we talk about a load of stuff, including the end of Kids in Glass Houses, what happened. Uh, drunk Alid. Drunk Alid. Festival Alid. Festival Alid. Um, what he's up to now, what the other boys are up to, and the possibility... <sighs> Of Kids in Glass Houses ever playing other shows. Massive tease. Ooh. Well, I think we thought first guest, we'd give them what they want. Oh, my I have. I know what you... Oh. I Phillips. Come on. Well, if it matters at all, Sean. Serious now. Stop doing that. That's awful. Oh, easy, Tiger. No, se- no <laughs> serious now. Stop doing that. <laughs> Please, that's dread. 
Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, you're Ali Phillips. And on Sapling Podcast with Sean... Look, you've caught, you made me cock up. This is Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith with Morgan Richards, who I don't think he's going to be on next week if he carries on his jokes, and the wonderful, wonderful Alid Phillips. I said it wrong. Alid Phillips. Cut that in. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey. So, myself and Morgan, as you've probably worked out from the intro that we've just done this week, we have the fabulous Alan Phillips from Kids in Glasses. What up? Brought his own fan base. Like. <laughs> um, what's happening? Uh, not a lot. I'm a grown-up now, so... Bugger. This is, it's horrible, this is weird. Awful. Going back to my childhood, my painful oh. past. You say painful. I bet it's... Oh, Some of the best. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet. We know. The good old days. They were. Um, yeah. So yeah. What, what's what's going on? What are you? Uh, what are you up to? Um, what you up to well, now? I've got a new life, new identity. Good. I'm in. Uh, I'm in the system now. I'm a graphic designer. Slave Ooh. to the man. I am. We all are. I am. But yeah, I'm doing graphic design in Cardiff. Uh, nice. For yeah, a for a company. Nice. Company, I, I, can I say their name? Probably. Yeah, Spin Dogs, isn't it? Spin Dogs. We can always beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they, can pay, they, well, they can pay. Pay us for an ad. Good yeah, give us some cash yeah. for promoting. Yeah. 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 Only 70 grand as well. PPC, yeah. Yeah. SEO. We, we do all that. Do well, all for Alex, we do 80 grand, don't we? So Acronym was 80 grand. Well, we do it for 60 grand for Alex. What's that? Because he's a graphic designer. He can come up with the logo. Okay, fine. That's all right. Yeah, we do that then. We'll do that. Speaking of your graphic design, no? This goes way back. You're going to talk about the fact that I designed your best ever T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. And according to Di Thomas, yep. or as we know him, lovely Di. <laughs> Man of a thousand mash caps. He once claimed that that T-shirt was the reason the black I got big. <laughs> Which, I've, I'm not going to disagree. I reckon that's 50% right To be honest. Time. That was 50% right at the time. Yeah. It was a cracking T-shirt, that Frankenstein Frank T-shirt. Um, yeah. He was bright green. We pre- we predicted the neon trend, and then it fucking oh yeah, it got too much energy. It, it was horrendous. So quick. I take the blame for you, but I take the blame for far worse than you. But yeah, did you at that time? Did you design much for other people? 
Um, I think that was my first paid design job. We paid it? Fuck 50 it. quid. Whoa. I remember thinking, if I'd just taken one pence oh, bro. from all these sales, you'd have had about 60, 60 quid. quid. <laughs> hey! Hey! Same joke, same time. <laughs> same joke, same time. Um, nice. No, nah, I think that must have been my first one. Oh. Um, so technically, after that, you the career you're doing now is because yeah. of that. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> the first time I remember seeing it was give it a name, and they were they were selling like hotcakes. Oh, Can I tell you? They did shift. They did shift. People and then, just um, loved. You were like, we just made like fifty grand. They had, didn't make fifty grand. But I, I don't like, think we ever <laughs> like in the thirteen years we were a band. I don't know if we made fifty grand. <laughs> we definitely did not make. 50 oh, grand. other yeah, people no. did. I remember. I remember the buzz of it though, making a shirt and seeing people wearing. It. I was like, ah. Yeah, we had a, we had it made into a backdrop. Didn't get paid for that. No. Didn't get that. consulted. Yeah, shouldn't have said that. Gavin uh, Butler. So Gavin Butler, pirate. But from that, though, you've made a kind of a, like album covers well, and stuff for other bands. Well, it was stuff, my right? intention. So I was studying. I stud- studying is probably a, a strong word. <laughs> okay. Um, I intended to do uh, graphic design. So I did like a foundation course in... Uh, after a year out of school, when I intended to travel, but didn't. Just went to Metro's twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you travelled to Metro's and back. I did tra- yeah. and, uh, you know, it was quite track. far. Then. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was the 2000s, so it took about 45 minutes on the train. But, yeah, but um, it's longer on the way back, because yeah. cause you've been to Metro's and your feet are now sticky. It's slower walking back <laughs> to the train. So... Oh. Awful metros. Oh, mm. I went the other day, actually. Did you? Talk, I don't want to talk about it. I, it's just <laughs> first time, I did, in, te- I first time in 10 years. And they're still playing Green Day. Yeah. Oh, f- f- no toast anymore. They used to give away free toast at one o'clock. Well, they stopped doing it. Stopped doing it. I was straight edge at the time I was going to Metro's. So imagine that, right? So I was drinking drug free going to Metro's. I was going to Metro's completely sober, whereas everybody else was getting in a mess just to be like, I'm in the sticky, just, smelly place. Yeah. And I used to love that toast. 12 o'clock would come. I'd be first in line for the toast. And um, But that was the after fun of being sober in metros is you get to see some real horrible creatures. Thank yeah, sure. and, and sights. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Um, oh, no, yeah. So, uh, um, I was, I, I started studying. I was going to do graphic design. Um, I finished my foundation course. Then we released our first EP. And then that was it. That was it then. Yeah. Went to college for four days. Yeah. No, but, actually, I went into college on the fourth day after hmm. missing four days of college to say, hey, guys. in college. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That was I, it. So, um, I did something similar, but I did three years of a media studies course. <laughs> and it came up to like the last month of finishing. Like I would have had my whatever, what, GMVQ or whatever, bollocks, or BTEC or whatever it was in media studies. Three years. And then the band took off and I had to leave. And I was like, oh, well, I just wasted three years of media studies. That's no disrespect to anyone who's currently wasting three years on yeah, a media studies course. Though. That is true. But somebody in that that time I was in college, since then, somebody found my college work where I just practiced my signature. <laughs> it was actually pretty refined, though. Even even early doors, I was like, well, that, yeah, that's not a man who's <laughs> doing it on the fly. I remember Ian used to, Jesus sign, Christ, Ian used to sign his fucking full name as if, he was a, <laughs> as if every person was a bank. <laughs> we had, I was um, like, stop. We had a poster go out in Kerrang, right? Where they were like, oh, they want to give away like signed posters in Kerrang. So Claire Maxwell from Raw Power sent out our business signatures. 
And as you might know, yeah, and as you might know, Sean Smith, obviously, like, I got a double barrel surname, Mm. really. So if you find that old Kerrang, there's my, literally on the back of my bank card signature, all of our business signatures with different (laughs) names, Gareth Lawrence instead of Snoz. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, Gareth Lawrence, not known as his stage name. Yeah. Snoz. Yeah. Not known as every other fella in his family, Snoz. Mm. It all Snoz is. Snoz is. How was that on a cartoon? Snoz I. The Snai. No, that's wrong. Oh. Snizzes. Snizz. A bunch of Snizzes. A bunch of Snozen? Snozzy Oh, Snozzy we go. The Welsh speaker. I'm, I'm, oh, the, I'm the minority, yeah? You can speak Welsh, right? I can. And he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. dead air now. What's the answer? What's that? Hey! Spurry. That's all I know. Did it be him off the chair? right. Achos mine. Pidin. Nice mature word. Got the dick jokes in. Good. But yeah, but going off the graphic design, am I right in saying you designed all the Kiss and Glass Houses album covers and then a couple of other bands as well? I did. I did Smart Casual. Um. I did them all, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Smart Casual was the first, and I would say the best artwork. Um, but, yeah, it was something I always wanted to do. Um, like, the, like I just like being in sort of control of, like, all of all of the sort of creative aspects of the band. Not like a, like a mini Hitler, but you sort of seen visually the way you sound. I quite liked that sort of level. So, um yeah, yeah I, I did I th- all of them. I think the same as kind of with us, really, where Gavin was kind of the one with the artistic eye, but obviously couldn't yeah. spell, because if you look back at any of our stuff now, there's spelling mistakes Type all over it. Eh? The EP, The Black at the Black at the Blackout, if you read the spine, <laughs> if you read the spine of it, it says The Black at the Black at the Blickout, because Gavin missed an A out. Oh, dear. And the thing is, we've all would, yeah, he would have sent that to us and gone, boys, is this all right? And we all went, of course it fucking is, get it out there. Gav, you fucking idiot, it's wrong. <laughs> Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> you approved this, Sean? I did, I, f- I can read. It's the first time, literally the first time I've seen this album. <laughs> yeah. It's been out for five years. I hate it. <laughs> it's dreadful, Gav. You shouldn't have done it. Um, speaking of Smart Casual. Yes. Ten year anniversary. Yes, May this year, I believe. Mm. What? Just gone, like? They're just gone, yes. Yeah. Ten and ten and a bit now. Mm. How do you feel about that? A lot of people have messaged me about it. Yeah. No. Well, well sp- speaking of people messaging you about it, there was a rumor online that Slam Dunk Festival apparently rumor, yeah. <laughs> got in touch to bring you guys uh, back did. to play. Uh, they did get in touch. I'm sure Ben won't mind me. Yeah. Um, he was keen. It, it, it would have been good, like sentimentally. It was the first. Um, we played the festival the day the album came out, I think. Or it was basically the weekend of the album release. So it was. Um, would have been sort of a full circle event. Um, and it was one of the first festivals we'd actually played as well. We played it when it was a very small event before it became the the pop-punk juggernaut that it exists as today. So um, Ignoring the Midlands like it's gone out of fashion. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that didn't cross my mind. I don't know if it crossed everyone else's, but it was um, an offer that I was like, ah, oh, you know, that it makes sense, but it's... It's not something we're doing. So never really got into conversation about it. Um, it was just a. I think I think I floated it. I floated <laughs> it to everyone, but um, 
I never actually thought anyone would come back and say okay. yes. I was like, I just want you guys to know that the office, the office this is a conversation. Like, I know what the answer is going to be, but I don't want to just like withhold it to myself mm. and not tell everyone. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it's nice that he thinks that that would be an event for other people mm. in 2018. Well, he, um, a couple of years ago, I was at the Krang Awards and Ben come on to me intoxicated, which, as we all know, is rare yeah. for Ben. That is rare, yeah. And he said... Put him on an off day. He said, you and, as you can tell from my totally sober impression of him, you and kids and glass houses should get back together and do headline tour, I can make you 90 grand each. Each? I was like, well, this, <laughs> this didn't come down the pipe. Oh. Each. What, ba- by band or member? Oh, no, band, I think. Oh. Not member. Oh, if you... Oh, yeah. It's not enough. How many of us were there? Five. Yeah. How many of us? Six. Six of us. That's 11. Horrible, isn't it? It's not enough. Huh. Um, but yeah, he did. He said we should uh, sort it out. But uh, would you think in a band, in your band, wouldn't do it, or do you know wouldn't do it? I know who wouldn't. <sighs> do it. Um, we've talked. We've talked about this, and um, I think it's it's kind of an agreement. Like we all know it's for the best not to do it because I think we were fortunate. We decided to end it. Um, we were like, this um, feels right. Like this is a positive way to do it. Positive way to do it. Yeah. We've still got. Um, like just some sort of semblance of control over our band and like the way we get to like close our own story without it kind of fizzling out to nothing. So that was that was important in the because it's a hard decision to make you end your band. Um, that was like the most important thing is like well people still care we can still get X amount of people at a show let's just do the best show we can possibly do yeah. and end it there. And then when we consider our last tour and how well. It, if how good it felt, how good the shows were, it would kind of almost be like a step back as they were they were really sort of sentimental and they meant a lot to the fans and they meant a lot to us. So to kind of step back and then just do like a random show in Leeds, as much as I love Leeds, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have like the resonance that finishing up in Cardiff and finishing up in London would. So um that's that's why we wouldn't do it and I'm not saying, um, never. I'm not, you know, never say never. <laughs> is that a Justin Bieber lyric? Yeah, I think it is. It is. It is. Uh, it ever the poet. Might he's, be in film as well, is it? Maybe. He, yeah, he's, anyway. um, yeah, you know, a disciple. But um, never say never, but um, it's 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 not on the agenda at the moment. Uh, but it's a shame. Yeah, but so going people back. are gonna just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck this and turn it off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have left that to the, <laughs> the end. end. Yeah. Never say never until maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah. Time. I tell you what. In another half hour, we'll check in, right? <laughs> and I think that might be a different answer. <laughs> so keep listening, because here comes an advert. I don't know if it's an, yeah, ad- well, is there an advert. No. We are Spin Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but going back to the breakup of course as a fan i think one of the most interesting things is you guys decided to have one last year as a band rather mm-hmm. than just announce a breakup and go on a couple of shows mm-hmm. as some other bands did was there a long discussion about that was it just a thing you wanted to uh, have one giant party of a year to bow uh, out with? yeah kind of we were almost like i don't know, cycles don't exist in the way they used to like t- an album cycle used to be like two years and so we'd released an album oh, i don't even know september september i think we'd released an album 
and done the tour, and it was it was fine, it was good, it was fun. It wasn't like the heights of whatever we'd done before. And you know, like money's kind of dwindling at this point because of streaming and what have you. Like everything was changing in the music industry at the time. And um, so we did the tour, and it was cool. And then it came to like Christmas. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm getting a bit older now. I was like, what, you know, what, you know, what's the plan here? Like, long term, I can't, we can't do this. We can't make, like, 350, 400 pounds a month and just kind of... Live off, you can't live off it. Yeah, like, it's it's not feasible. And, like, life just gets more expensive every year because of life. Yeah. But, um... I, I, it was actually me who brought it to the table. We just had Christmas and I was like, I can't really afford. I was like, <laughs> this guy fucking sucks. Um, so it was Christmas. And obviously Christmas, New Year, everyone's kind of thinking like, you know, yeah, this, you know, like historically when people break up, couples break up in December and January. So you go through all those kind of processes and you're like, you know, new, new me. New Year, new me. <laughs> new Year, new me. <laughs> And but I was genuinely I was just thinking like you know where's this gonna go like what do uh, do we have the motivation to do a new album what is the motivation and I just thought that I didn't like and I think I thought everyone would be on the same page yeah. and I think they were. Um, did anybody try in? Uh, no one really did. I think um, everyone was obviously upset. Like I was upset about it, but I think it there was it was just something that everyone knew. Like subconsciously, it was yeah, in the back of their heads that like this. We always said like you know if we stop going forward, because like, we'd always been on like a nice, even if it was a very, a very sort of timid ramp. It was an upward trajectory, yeah. and it just sort of dissipated to the point where I was like maybe we start going down here, and like I was like I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like if we've got control over this, if we can stop that, let's just go out on a high, and you know. Yeah. Just be like, what a great experience. Like, mm. we did everything we wanted to do. Almost. <laughs> 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 but, you know, to an, like we'd far exceeded our expectations. So, um, yeah, it was the end of the year. And, um, yeah, I think we decided more or less, like, just before New Year's Eve. And then we got together first week of the new year just to be like, okay, how are we going to do it? Told management. And I think they were kind of happy about it as well because... It gave them an angle to work from because if you're a band on your fourth yeah. album, getting sort of moderate returns on your output, then they were probably like, okay, we've got an angle now and we can yeah. Well, yeah, they probably make some quiche. It well, it's a way for them to get more money in it. It's yeah, like, literally, I mean, it's a business yeah. and um, that's the sad thing. Like, it becomes a business. Yeah, it goes longer from, remember those it? early days, like when... Like one of the first tours we ever did was with you and Flutter Red, and just remember it just being so fun. Yeah. And you'd never ever think that like business would come into it and be ruining yeah. it, and then like I didn't care about people buying CDs or you know stealing stuff off the internet. Yeah. Like not at all. I was just happy people could euro. We used stuff. to print. We used to print T-shirts for like I don't know three quid a pop and sell them at five. Yeah. Just so people had a T-shirt. It wasn't yeah. never ever about like, oh come on, let's bleed someone dry for you know we'll make seventeen quid on this T-shirt. Never ever about that. No. It was about like let's make the money back on the T-shirt so we can buy more T-shirts so we can play more shows. Yeah, put petrol in the van, and just that, that excitement. Just, and I think yeah. when 
when business gets involved in it and stuff like that then and then like I said we didn't care about anybody downloading our music and stuff at the time like we through that period through that 10 years we went from not caring about it to being like oh that's the reason yeah like, we're not making money anymore you know we're not making any money we're a, a band who were in our positions like 20 years prior to us probably would have been millionaires yeah multi-millionaires and um yeah, it's just just disappointing, I guess. But uh, I think yeah, because of that, because like the the record industry then was so reactionary as well. It was because everything was new, like streaming was new, like downloading was relatively new. Like obviously it'd been about, but just the whole model of how people were going to consume music was new because it was cha- it changed. Like we used to sell records. Like our first album sold. I don't know, like maybe twelve thousand rec- like physical copies, like that. Very rarely happens now. People don't do stuff like that. So everyone was adapting to like the new way of consuming music. So it was kind of a bit of a smash and grab. And like now is, I think, like easier and harder because there's like it's so easy for people to get into your band now. Retaining an audience and sort of making a living out of it is obviously harder because... You no know, money anyone, anyway. and you can do it in your bedroom. Mm. You can, go and there's so much yeah. around. Them. You know, you don't spend fifty grand making your first album anymore. You can do it for nothing if you're good enough. So it's um, yeah. yeah, we were like caught in the in between between the eighties, yeah, the best era in music of all time, and uh, the sort of the big shift, I think. But it was still a still a laugh though. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> I wouldn't swap it for the world. But it's just yeah, we were like, we were kind of unfortunate that we were in that period where you you know you can't make music from you can't make money from record sales, and I think I know in America now they're trying to pass a new law, so people get more musicians yeah. get more money yeah. and stuff. So no, we're now we're luck now. We were probably in that twenty-year gap we're between the eighties <laughs> <like you laughs> yeah. and now where people start getting paid. So we'd like we got shagged. It'll make it, yeah, it'll make out like we did it for fuck all for <laughs> fifteen years. Like, but times of our lives, or like we did some mad stuff. Like, I just don't know how this the six of people in my band were ever allowed to travel abroad, let alone play abroad and play to thousands true. of people. Like, it's how how have I been to Japan and Australia and stuff? I'm like, my parents will probably never go there. Like, it's it's yeah, it, yeah, it's just it's just mad, but um. Yeah, cool. I remember back in the day, um, the ad, the Alid Phillips had some solo stuff. Did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, under that, I believe it was a, a monster in the title Tim, or something like that. monster, it was always. There you go. Uh, yes. What happened to that? Where you, where you it mean? never really existed. I mean, it existed on the hard drive of my computer. I found it the other day, actually. I'm sure I've found, got some of it somewhere. I found an iPod the other day, which I can't listen to with headphones because I lent it to Pablo. Oh, that right, lent yeah. to Pablo for what was meant to be a week. He gave back to me three and a half years later with a busted jack. But I was That's managed Pablo. to uh, unload all the stuff off it, and there was a bunch of stuff on it actually. Um, but yeah, it was just badly, badly recorded oh. acoustic tracks. Why have you not thought about putting anything out since? Yeah, um, it's not that I don't think about it. You should. Um, you know, I miss. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. Then, <laughs> you should. Well, there we go. Then. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's a combination of things. 
I don't think I can write. I I don't know. I think I've got to write on my own now at the moment. I want to do something different. Yeah. So I think the best way for me to do that without repeating like old tropes and old um, and falling into old habits would be to work with somebody new. When you get some Someone. face tats and become a SoundCloud rapper. I could, I could do that, yeah. Like, who, who would you like to work with? Like, it would be... I don't know. That's the thing. I was... The other day, I was thinking, like, why don't I just put a... Like, an ad out, like, for random musicians. Why don't you? Why don't I? Please. Yeah. Please do it. But, um, no, I'm really open to doing stuff, but it's just one of those sad life gets in the way excuses. Yeah, I was um, doing that for a while. I got a while. job, and then, you know... Yeah, I was yeah. doing that for a while. I was like, oh, I'd love to be in a band again, yeah. and all this stuff, and now... I've managed to wrangle three people together to make... you doing a thing in this time, and I Four-piece, Four-piece. Six-piece, less Muller. Exactly. Out, you know, six, six of you separating zero pounds is a lot. Maybe me and a backing track's the way to go. The other day, someone said, what announcement I'd like a slam dunk, Sean Smith on a backing track. Now we're talking. Um... But, you know, we had that for Don't. 14 years anyway, didn't we, with the blackouts? <laughs> so. They won't listen to this. They hate it. They hate me, so it doesn't matter. And they're not a big fan of me either, apparently. Um, they're not? No. Well. Ginger, see? <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> what? Are you ginger? No. Uh, you've got a touch in you. You'll never well. know, because it's a podcast. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Not a blog. We're never going to take a photo of Morgan. Never. We're going to put photos up of the podcast and guests we have on, but you will never, ever see Morgan. <laughs> I, I think Imagine how much of a great gimmick I would be. But the thing is, I've been called a lot of things, but not gin- gingers. Like You were telling me that's the first time you've, <laughs> someone's yeah. ever said you were ginger. Yes. The only other, <laughs> the only other time... Bullshit. The only other time is someone's mentioned I get little ginger bits in my beard, but not... Yeah, because you're ginger. I'm not, though. Bro, you've got ginger. Anyway, we've got, <laughs> we've got a guest. We've got a guest, Sean. When he goes, you're getting it out. Right. <laughs> I want to see it. Because I know what kind of it is down here. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I didn't say it was. I got friends with I had red hair for Ed a bit. Ed Sheeran is a massive a success. I got friends with it. Well, that's the... I can't be racist, but... Send the buggers back. <laughs> I can't be ginger, but... Oh, anyway, go anyway, on then. Yeah, you, so. get, you dig out of this one. Right, go on, sorry. Um, yeah, so going back to... Uh, Solo stuff. There was a lot of talk after the Kids of Glass Houses final tour that you might be doing something. Who was talking about this? Who was, was talking about this? There was a couple of um, rumors. Was was it any? Was it an idea at the time? Um, was it, it was probably more of? of an idea immediately after because I was like, oh, I'll just jump back in here because I had a shit job at the time. I was working at printers, making like barely any money, and I was like, oh well, this is just a stopgap. I was like, I never thought I'd actually have a decent job that I really liked, which I do, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I'd started writing, but um, I was living it with Ian at the time from our band, Mahanti. Um, and he's kind of veered off into like music production and songwriting and stuff. So it was, when we were living together, it was more of a thing. And then um, I moved out and uh, he kind of fell by the wayside a bit, but... It is there. There are songs. There are. There are tons of songs. It's just finding the time and the sound and the people to, you know, kind of push me into actually playing shows, I guess. Would you, like, I know we asked earlier, but I don't think we got, like, who would you like to, like, if you could work with anyone now? Um, yeah, I messaged someone the other day. I messaged James Leach. As Why you know may, James Leach? Bassist. As the bassist from Sixth. Sixth. Because he used to, um, 
back in the day when we used to tour early days, we used to be touring a post uh, cha- uh renovated post office van with Stan Somerville. Yes. The driest man in South End. Stan man. And um at some point James Leach became part of our little clique. And I don't know if anyone knows Sixth or James as a musician, but he's probably like the most insanely talented bass player. Oh, he's player unbelievable. In the world. unbelievable. Like, it, it's sickening. But um yeah, we always used to listen to bands like um Go West and like Level Forty Two Hall and Oates, all these kind of eighties bands with like obscene like grooves and there was so, like it was a, the eighties was obviously a time where like musicianship was like peak. So like bass players and be slapping and popping and all this. Slapping and popping. All this shit. So I don't know what it was. I've been doing a wedding band basically, right? With a couple of the boys we've been playing each other's weddings, not mine, but for a few years so we've been doing we've been doing these covers and i was like oh i should just do something like this because that's always what kids in glass houses was we were just like a shit attempt at being um a good 80s band that was our basic songwriting premise you could try and change your bio on spotify to that (laughs) kids in glass houses try to be a shit 80s band (laughs) dot 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 that's yeah, it. that was it. that was basically it. Like our our albums were just rip uh, rip offs of obscure eighty songs that we thought no one would ever on earth. And um, so I was like, oh well, he's actually talented on the bass. Not no disrespect to Shay, who probably is it. I was like, he's actually in in that level of yeah, I like know what you mean. Stra- shit. stratospheric <laughs> bass chops. So I was like, oh, that'd be a that would be a good. Bass, bass line? Oh, I meant that. That's you know, it's got this dual meaning there. Yeah. Mm. It would be a good bass line for yeah. me to start. Oh new Still got thing. It. So I messaged him. <laughs> what does that mean? Still got it. Well, he didn't sing. No, I know. He just said something witty. No. Yeah, so sorry, I messaged him out of the blue. I was pissed actually, obviously. I probably at a wedding, I was like, fucking you know, hell, James. And I was just thinking, why do we do that? So um, I messaged him, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't reply. <laughs> and then he sobered up in the morning. And here went, we are. Oh. Here we are. Th- three months later, I'm still not doing any music. But no, the intention is to do some music. Maybe right. next year. But probably probably not, because I'm a lazy prick. Do it, man. People yeah. want it. Like when, when I tweeted earlier about you coming on, like the, the main question was... When's a reunion? When can yeah. we have new music from it? <laughs> Which is going to be this for most of the people, I guess, I interview who used to be in bands. The question I'm going to get is when... When are you coming when, back together? Come, when are you coming back to Newcastle? <laughs> Fuck Newcastle. Come so to Brazil. Yeah, oh. That's what we always used to get. Mad I would like, love to, to be yeah. honest. Oh, we had, yeah, we had some of those like, oh, come to Israel. I probably won't. <laughs> I might, I think. Um... But was there any way you didn't get to go? We never wouldn't? toured the States. Oh, really? Never, oh. ever toured America, which is probably the only regret. Well, no, it's actually never, nowhere near the only regret. <laughs> 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 That's a fucking bold-faced lie. Yeah. It's not the only Jesus regret. Jesus But um, it's, um, I'm sad about it because I think it was a market that we were kind of, especially at the start, like, tailor-made for. Yeah. But um, it just didn't happen, and I can't remember the reason now. It's a really convoluted reason in contractual bullshit. 
which Shay's criminal record, I reckon it was. Yeah, it was Shay's criminal record. Yeah, Shay the crim. He'd once forged his parents' signature on a, um, a, a rental lease. <laughs> Imagine that. He actually why did that. Why, did, why didn't kids in glass always get massive in America? Oh, oh. she forged the letter once. Shit, shit. Is he, he's in a serious job now. Bleep that out. Just pixelate those words again. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. Keep, um, but no, um, it just didn't happen. Like, we were supposed to do Warp Tour or something early doors on Smart Casual, and it didn't happen. And that's the, really the only thing I'm really sad about tour-wise, because we did Australia, Japan, loads, Europe, but never yeah. the States. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sad now. Right then, I'll go first on this if 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 you want. But yeah, who, what band or what people in bands did you meet who were real dickheads that you weren't expecting to be dickheads? Um, I'll go first if you want. Go on, you go first. Lead me in. We took the American rap rock group Hollywood and Dead on tour. Yeah, right? I've heard nothing good about them. Yeah, yeah. Crack on. Well, if you've heard their music, you've heard nothing well, good. Well, yeah. Ooh. Right? But... They're publicly banned. <laughs> <laughs> Famously banned. <laughs> um, we took them on tour in the UK, and prior to that, they never, ever supported anyone. Right? So they'd only done US shows where they'd headlined. So they turn up on the first day, demand to put their backdrop up straight away. They want to charge 25 quid for their T-shirts, and we got a price match. It. Like, literally turned up, and they were the biggest arseholes <laughs> to yeah. us and to our crew we've ever met. Yeah. And um, there was one show where I wore a V for Vendetta mask, right, so I could go and watch them. Because they were our shows. So I could go and watch them play. I went out in a V for Vendetta mask. One of them, after the gig, threatened me. Because he thought I was taking a piss by wearing a mask in the crowd. <laughs> I said, bro, if I didn't wear that mask, nobody would be looking at you. Oh, you didn't. You oh, went no, there. you did. I did. But then the you thing did. is, he, he flexed his muscles and I got out of wherever we were in Leeds. The cockpit, I got out real fast they're there. Quite, they're a bit meat daddy, you know. Yeah, oh, very, yeah, very jockey. They're still going, though. I, oh, I was still- a red in... Oh, I. This year, and someone was like, You can't watch Hollywood and Dead. I was like, Unless you got a fucking DeLorean. Yeah, no. <laughs> and they even if you have got a DeLorean, I didn't care then. <laughs> yeah. I don't care yeah. now. If you I have know. a DeLorean, you've called my bluff, fair enough, <laughs> but I'm not going to go and see Hollywood and Dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they were they were fucking dicks for that Oodle tour. All right. I'll if see you your Hollywood and Dead. Ooh. Oh. Raise your black out. I'll raise you. Gavin Butler. The blackout. Ah. No, I won't. Right. You don't have to. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to slag off bands. Okay. But I will. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because fuck it. This is by less like bygones be bygones. Boys like girls, right? Yeah. Um, they supported us on. People are gonna fucking hate me for this. It's fine now. Shit. <laughs> um, they support us on our second Dirt Tour, Dirt the Musical Part mm. Two. Nice. Very Good creative. Name. Very creative marketing there. Um, and we were, you know, we were really excited about them. They had one good song. We were like, that's more than, like, <laughs> <laughs> more than most bands. Is what I said. So yeah. you've got, what you've done is, you've started to slag off Boys Like Girls, right? Slagged but off you've, every band. You've slagged off every other band that played with you prior to Boys no, Like Girls. I'm joking. But no, we were, we were generally, because it's a fucking minefield trying to get a support band, because every time you try and get a support band on like a, a, a big tour, you're like, oh, we just want to give kids as much fucking entertainment, um, as many bands as they actually really would be excited about seeing as possible. Most bang for your buck. 
So we were like, oh, fucking hell, we can get boys like girls. That's nice. And they, they were keen. So we, we did it. And they came. And it was fine. They, um, I think they did. They would refuse to accept the fact that they were main, su- main support, just our mm. support act. And they referred to themselves, I believe, as 70% headliners. Right? This is this is uh, the kind of small print bullshit that ruins at very rock, rock and roll, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get almost famous, but th- this was the kind of stuff that you you're trying to enjoy yourself in music, and it, it comes down to like contractual small print. So Jargon. they were told they were seventy percent headliners. <laughs> right? That's a good band name. Seventy percent headliners. So what yeah. that means, right? Is if you're making a poster or an advert, their logo can be 70% the size of yours as the headline is. Oh, wow, okay. So even though they were the support band, which is fine, I mean, we've supported everyone. Not a problem. Excited to be a part of it. But they wouldn't refer to themselves <laughs> as a support band. They refer to themselves as a 70% headliner, That's which is fine. They 100% of the time didn't headline. <laughs> Which is yes, fun. but um, they yeah we had we had a few I don't know what we played it was ten shows it was a, that was the biggest tour we'd ever done actually so it was all academies uh so, you know like two thousand like average every night three thousand Birmingham nice. which was decent it was nice so we were like we'll never do those shows but um I think it was Glasgow where we literally had a face to face. Oh really? Yeah, because they wanted like they wanted us to scratch our kit. They wanted us to take all of our gear off the stage. We were like, "This is our tour." Yeah. We were like, "This is our tour." You know, it was a big tour for us. We were excited about it. It was our biggest album, and we were like, "We've been trying to build up to this for ages." So we had like a bit of production. We had you know fucking all sorts of random bullshit on stage. Flowers, and I had a flower blazer. I had flowers all over it. Cause yes, of course. Why yeah. not? I was. Peacock in the shit out of twenty ten. Thirty percent headliners. Uh, yeah, well. literally. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, we were milking the extra thirty percent, but um, <laughs> we just we didn't get on. Um, there was a bunch of shit. They were just uh, like they were um, pretty obnoxious. They um, I should I don't know. Yeah, basically, everyone has a rider at a show. Everyone knows what a rider mm. is. I assume. Yeah. You get um, you get drinks and food. They wanted their rider, which was bigger than ours. To start with, not happening. <laughs> but they also wanted a bus rider. No. So they wanted a rider for their dressing room, and they wanted a separate rider, which was bigger than that rider, to put on their bus for after the show. Right. So we were like, that's not fucking happening. Mm, yeah. Number two. That comes out of our opinion. So we we got on. We didn't get on at any point. They, they were fucking titting around, and then it all came to a head at the last show in Shepherd's Bush, where... We were like, we're not putting up with this anymore. And they kicked all of the fucking monitors off the stage at the end of the show. Uh, and they just kicked right off. Um, they told our manager... Oh, God, yeah. They told our manager she was a cunt, I think. Oh. They called her a cunt. Oh, we were just like, there's just no need. It was just a completely needless Should've situation. Boys like twats, really, shouldn't Yeah. It? Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. And it was a shame... And they can defend it's themselves. It's just horrible, isn't it? It's like that's your biggest tour, and then some dickhead comes along and who thinks he's fucking rockstar and ruins it all. 
It was just, just yeah, it's just it's needless. Killing it. It's, just it's things buzz. you'd never never think would be an issue. Things you would never think about making a problem out of, mm. like how big your logo is. Yeah. Just, you well, know. we nearly had one. Yeah. We took from first to last out, and the contract the management sent over prior to it was insane. Yeah. Like two, we were sharing a bus with from first to last. And they wanted, in the contract, it had down to the very final detail of, like, the temperature it had to be on the bus at all times. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's wild, isn't it? And they were asking for crazy stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, some then, of it, some of it's like, ah, oh, fucking pitch it, we'll see what we get. Yeah, some of it's... You know well, I mean, like, I fuck reckon, it, why not? We'll be like... I reckon 80% of it is management or agents yeah. going, let's see what we can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because from first to last, came on our bus, the bus was shit. But the air con- condition was broke. They couldn't have it 22 degrees constantly like they wanted it. <laughs> it couldn't it get wouldn't have happened, 45. Like, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. But they were awesome. They were great. They realized, like, Skrillex had just left them. So I think the management was, like, pushing them as big a superstars than they were at the time or whatever. But they were fantastic. But, yeah, it's just you have some mad... Demands of support bands and yeah. stuff in contracts. That's I will counteract that by saying that's probably the only negative experience we <laughs> ever had with the band. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have many really. Apart from when Jared Leto wouldn't let us sound check and then the, the crowd came in and all of our gear was in the middle of the crowd. Oh. <laughs> so we had to load it in through the crowd onto the stage. But yeah. He'll do that, won't he? And some Jared. That's crazy to hear though, from obviously from a fan's perspective. To see that how much stuff like that goes on backstage. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it can be pretty commonplace. I don't wanna. It's it's just surprise. I think you'll find this in any fucking industry. Yeah, really, but yeah. I fa- I what I found with it, and I don't know if I've told you, Morg, and I don't know if I've said it on any of these shows so far. But the smaller the band seemed to be, the bigger the arrogance was. And then when I met the ridiculous huge bands, Guns N' Roses, Limp Bizkit. Like all my heroes or whatever, couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. But then you get lower bands who were lower than us, demanding stuff. And I remember one band whose laptop broke, so they couldn't play live. Who blamed Canterbury? Went outside, told the kids outside the gig they couldn't play because Canterbury wouldn't lend them guitars. And it was because they couldn't play the set because the laptop had broke. But they yeah. were sub- like a first on support band. But it's, I always found that like the the biggest dickheads were in the smaller bands who would. It's worth. I think the, it's because there's like a co- there's a competition when you're like small yeah. to medium. It's like oh well, we're trying to overtake you, or we're trying to better you. Whereas like Guns N' Roses are like shut up, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Guns N' Roses <laughs> like fuck about you. You ain't gonna fucking step on my steez. Yeah. And while we're on about things, uh, I think a lot of fans wouldn't know one thing i wanted to talk to you and maybe sean you can get on this as well is no (laughs) when you're on an album cycle and you've got the tracks who really decides on what singles you want to put out because the one thing with kids and glass houses is is that the track sunshine is always a big thing the bone of contention yes yeah and everyone always wondered why that wasn't the big single i will tell you why we wanted to be a single Mm. Uh, I think when we wrote it, we were like, that's pretty special. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the, always one, when we were writing the album, it was the forerunner for us, even before Matters at All. Because um, we wrote it very early, bef- way before Matters at All. 
in a really shitty format. Um, and we started working with Jason Barry. Jason! <laughs> Nothing! Nothing! Um, and we reworked it with him in our very first um, pre-production um, session in, I don't know what Cardiff it was. Um, and it just became what it, what it, it, the song that it became. And um, we really pushed it really hard with our label at the time, Roadrunner. And they thought it was too slow. Um, Bastards. For the radio. And I, the, set, the thing is... It's, it is a slow song. It's not a... It just stays on a level. But the the fact that they never understood that what was important about our song was the sentiment. And then when, you know, like, that's the song that people come up to me and talk about to this day. It's a song people have got tattooed on them or they've mm-hmm. got... You know, it's it's about the lyric. And I was like, that's, that was like, that's the important thing. If you allow it a chance at radio then, or Radio 1 at the time, which was you know, like a very big deal. I was like, it'll have legs purely because the sentiment will ring true with a lot of people. I was and blown away that it didn't come out as a and uh, Yeah, and we, we kind of argued fucking black. It's blue over, to be honest. And I think the worst thing was the song they did instead was, because we'd already done, um, our first thing was Young Blood, which was like, Oh, we're doing something new. You know, it was a bit yeah. different, but a little bit the same. And then obviously Matters at all did really well. And then we did Undercover Lover because we're just a wacky fucking pop band. <laughs> we didn't get a girl singing. And then we Whose like, idea was that? Who's that? To do it? Yeah. Well, basically we'd written it and the song is essentially, right? It's okay to say this now, but it's literally dancing on the ceiling by line, won't you? <laughs> right? Note for note. And I was like, this is just... Pure, pure 80s. And I was like, do you know what people don't do anymore? They don't, like, rock bands don't just do random, fucking, completely unsanctioned duets with pop stars or just random female vocalists. I was like, let's do one of those. Uh, so I was like, that's class. And um, Frankie knew Dougie and Dougie knew Jason. Everyone knows Jason. That was it. It was a really innocent, like, it wasn't meant to be a single or a big deal. And it became both. <laughs> and, um, yeah, people people still get pissed off about it. I think it's hilarious. It's crazy, isn't it? But, yeah, so basically we, I was like, we have to do Sunshine after this. I was like, that's the, the song that I want this album to be remembered for. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do Best Is Yet To Come. It's, it's faster. It's got a bit more pep. It'll do better at radio. Didn't do anything at radio. And what, that was um, the end of our cycle. So What was the relationship like with Roadrunner? Were they... Um, do they under, do they um, get it very much? Cause I, uh, they did, and they didn't. They were really supportive. Like I can't, like they had an awesome team of people there, like um, Sammy and Danielle, who worked in like their marketing, and they were awesome people. And I still, I'm still really good friends with them to this day. And they did an awesome job getting us to the point we were at. But I think, like higher up. It was like they're a rock label, so whether they ever fully understood, yeah, that's what I was what thinking. We like, wanted, or do they have anybody else like you on a label? No, no, no and not since, and probably not before. I mean, they they got like what so, Slipknot, yeah, mainly metal and Machine Head and Machine Head and Revoker, Nickelback, you know, big hitters, Revoker, uh, um, Glassjaw for Glass, Jesus, how did I? 
Dave should have gone oh, up sure. first. I, oh, uh, Sean. Fair weather glass show yeah. fan. Read uh, it every day. The first glass show album. Oh. Here we go. One Piece album. of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but that's probably a massive part of the reason we signed to him as well. Yeah. Um, but no, they were really supportive. But um, we did butt heads a bit. Um, a single choice. That was probably the biggest bone of contention. Sunshine. Yeah. So that's probably my one big regret from I a release standpoint. I remember Jason playing it to me and I was like... I was, yeah. A, a bit of me was gutted. I was yeah. like, oh, they're going to be huge now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be painful. Yeah. Oh, imagine seeing yeah. them about and being ignored by them bastards. Like, it's going to be awful. <laughs> oh, I was dreading it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, well, every time I saw it live, it just moved everyone mm. and... The, yeah, all, all the crowd loved it. Yeah, because especially at live shows, I think that bigger reception than maybe some of the other hits you had. Um, yeah, I think I think it says enough that I think I don't think we ever didn't play last hmm. last, and you know that album came out in two thousand and ten, and it wasn't a single. And it was we still played every show in for another four years, so mm. and best is yet to come. Yeah, didn't get the same sort of. <laughs> shrift in our sets but you know it was what it was um yeah last singles that's and then you do stupid things for singles as well like rename them yep give me what i want me 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 i was like it's the same thing in it i was like it's not important saturday used to be called skeletons wouldn't allow that so eventually, that that was one of the weirdest things. It was just toning, like making stuff palatable for like yeah. the lowest common denominator, like yeah. treating your audience like they're stupid. And we were like, our fans aren't stupid. Like people who listen to music aren't stupid. They can understand that a song isn't the chorus line. Yeah. So that was something that always kind of yeah we had to do really that. He fucking um, poked me in the side. Really, we had to do that with Epitaph and uh, yeah, change. This is why we can't have nice things. To I don't care. Yeah, there you go. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, they'll never get it. Well, who cares? It's just silly things like that with labels. And I remember, yeah, with that Epitaph record, we had a major label interested. Who we just handed in like the final finished version of the best in town, and they were like, "Yeah, we like it. Could you do two more mega singles?" <laughs> and my thought, yeah, was no like, my thought was like. You know, if we had another two mega singles, they'd be on that. Like we'd have, <laughs> d- we'd have done them. We'd have done them. I promise. We're holding them back. I promise you, right? If we had two better songs than the ten or eleven that's on this album, we'd have put them in. You fucking mentalists. Yeah, we had a, rec- a major record label. Yeah, if you've got two more mega singles, we haven't got two more. Si- we haven't got two more songs. They're not singles. Mega singles. Oh. Yeah, B, a B-side uh, is supposed to be songs you've written which would make in the album is like we've never written more songs than we've <laughs> on the album yeah. we were like you've like oh you finished your album now we need B-sides we're like so we got to write more we got to write shitter songs yeah the songs you've written that's not a problem we can always write shit songs but yeah the fact the bands used to have too many songs for an album is baffling to me yeah we've done 60 songs for this album you've done bro you've bro, done? bro that's 48 too many. <laughs> Bro, you've done 48 too many songs. That's mental. Yeah. And Who has the time? And, uh, Who has yeah. the fucking time? Another thing I guess me, to this day, is when bands, and don't get me wrong, it's probably on one of the covers we might have been on, but making this record save my life. 
or this album saved my life. Most of our albums nearly fucking killed me. Exactly. Yeah. In it. Um, yeah. How did that? This album nearly saved my life. Unless you've been struck by lightning and like someone threw one of them albums at you and it hit that album instead of hitting you, I don't understand that. And um, yeah, just so many people saying the same bollocks. Like it's not, is it? It's not that hard to be in a band, but it is very fun. It is fun. Um, is there anyone that you were surprised by that you thought that you always wanted to meet or you didn't want to meet? That turned out to be really nice. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I remember because we Johnny signed. Philip. No, carry Johnny on. Philip. <laughs> Johnny Philip. Johnny Philip. No. Um, obviously, growing up in the South Wales Valleys, Stereophonics were a big deal because I am now 32. So when they kicked off, I was about 10, and every 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 prick in South Wales wanted to pick up a guitar and be Kelly Jones for at least two or three years there. And uh, so that was a that was a big deal. So um we all had a boot cut gene, I think. We all, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I went to Top Man, I got a a, a boot cut, got a ringer T shirt, the works. Yeah. Little red leather. <laughs> little red leather. That's one of the songs, isn't it? I don't know. Little, oh, yeah, anyway. little red leather. <laughs> little. Yeah. And a six foot extension in my uh, <laughs> pod. Um, but no, so they 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 had a massive impact. Like throughout school, when I was in comp, they were like a big deal. Um, so it turned out eventually that their um, their agent Scott Thomas, who worked at X Ray, uh, and ended up making us an offer to be our agent. So it was obviously that was like a no brainer for us. Um, so we ended up with the same agent. So inevitably, after about. Um, on our second album, he was like, do you want to tour with Stereophonics? I was like, of course I want to fucking tour with Stereophonics, yeah, Of course, no. Of course I want to fucking tour. And, um, so, but I was like, I'm shitting in. I was like, am I the band Stereophonics want me to be in? Is yeah. this how I want to be Kelly Jones? So I was obviously shitting in a bit. And um, the the first part of the tour was to do three shows. I'm trying to remember where they were now. They were. It was kind of like a B-Town warm-up tour before they did Cardiff City Stadium in 2010. Just a shitty B-Town tour to about six or 7,000 people in. Oh, yeah. I think that. it was... Oh, yeah. Playing uh, small I club say, shows to six or 7,000 people. It was Aberdeen, um, Brighton, and I want to say Bournemouth. I think that's where it was. I was pissed the whole time between 2008 and 2014. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I... Well, you just sobered up, but you had a bottle of wine on the way on the train. So I'm pissed now. This is why it's all coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think it was Brighton, Bournemouth, and um, Aberdeen. Yeah. And there was just these three arena shows. And um, I don't know where I'd been before. I was. I remember being really hungover when I got to Aberdeen. And I was like, oh, God, how the fuck is this going to go? What am I going to say? You're my hero, you know. You're the reason I a band, man. And... Um, so uh, we're a fucking awkward band. Like you have to understand that we were an awkward band of people between the five of us. You know, it was just like an awkward bunch of bunch of guys. 
So we, we go to Aberdeen and we were just titting about in our dressing room and then like Richard, the bass player, just barges in with a bottle of Maker's Mark. He's like, welcome to the fucking tour. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, how people in real bands behave. And That's um, the man who had his own name tattooed on his neck <laughs> when he was 17. Just so, so he, he could didn't get have to get <laughs> So he could get served and get into bars like he had Richard written on his neck. <laughs> Fucking genius. But I got a tattoo, but yeah, yeah it don't work anymore. Ever. Hey, a lot of people got tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> he literally did that. But yeah. um, just put us at ease, and they were they were fucking class. That was the first, you know, well, it wasn't the first big band, but yeah, they were a stadium band. Do you know what I mean yeah. that's like fucking hell? This is. Then they don't they don't have to behave like that. They don't need to be like that. I'm sure Scott was like, yo, you know, these guys. I don't like, know though because, but they. It was the, with the Wales thing as well. Yeah, and, well, and yeah, we saw K- Kelly outside the K West Hotel. We were coming back from the Krang Awards one night, and he was walking out. And Snoz gave it the old Welsh Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly boy, Sapnin. Literally give him a Sapnin like Sapnin. <laughs> and Kelly turned around, didn't know any of us now, and he's like, well, "What's going on, then, boys? All right? <laughs> <laughs> we are fed. We got to be in the Krang Awards. Do you win anything? No, fuck all. Ah, fuck it, man. Get in there and get pissed. <laughs> Class. He's like, "I'm off now." We're like. Oh, all right, cool. And we were like, oh, just because you're the Welsh accents. He lives in Shepherd's Bush, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, was a, yeah. that was a big one. They were class to us. And then we played Cardiff City Stadium, the first stadium show. For one, up until this summer, we were the band who played Cardiff City Stadium the most because <laughs> we supported them and Bon Jovi. And... Then Stereophonics had to book a second stadium show to fucking knock us off our perch. Oh, uh, so at the moment, you're drawing. it's two each year. Yeah, um, yeah. Stereophonics and Kids in Glass Houses are two all. Yeah, they? so if we ever come back, they're fucked. Because yeah. we're obviously going to book in the straight city in, stadium. Straight, yeah, straight away. Probably couple you know, of nights, eh? get a couple of hundred people in. <laughs> Stewards as well. 250 maybe, 230. But um, yeah, they were, they were amazing. Nice. How was Bon Jovi? Oh, well, to be honest, it was a shit show. <laughs> um, it was awesome to do it. Um, I believe that That's their it. stage setup was the front of a Cadillac, right? <laughs> a big 60 or 70 foot Cadillac, which you'd imagine would sort of protrude ab- above the gear mm. so as to be some sort of protective waterproof shell mm. over the electronic equipment. Not true. Not with Bon Jovi. Not true. Theirs, maybe, not ours. As it happened, it was torrential. So um, we got electrocuted, which was fun. Um, Yeah, absolutely pissed on. And because of the rain, obviously no one... It was after work as well as a Wednesday. Hmm. Not ideal for a stadium show. People are not getting it early either. um, So it was nice. Um... Nice to just get that second stadium notch, but it wasn't the best show in the world, to be honest. I don't think we got it. You no. did some stadiums, didn't you? you did, did we? NRD with uh, Lincoln Park, Germany. Yeah, once there weren't so much stadiums, there's just massive fields. I think was it? Yeah, big fields. Yeah, we did the first ever show in Greece. Greece. You know, you know when you do your first ever show in Greece. Obviously. I've never done Greece. I'm new? Oh, oh, well, you know, we did it with Linkin Park playing their first ever show, which was only 18,000 people. Just the just yeah. the casual. Just, just a yeah. small 18,000 people turn up for your first ever gig. Yeah, like The backdrop was literally a mountain. 
Like the, <laughs> the back wall was a mountain, and they'd made a fence off the front of the. It was insane. Eighteen thousand people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we did many. I don't think we ever did a stadium. It's a really. big undertaking, a stadium, isn't it? Mm. Sound bouncing about, and uh, it's not for me. I don't think. I've never played. Says a the boy who's you never played the stadium. I've never played the stadium. No, no. 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 Fucking I know, right? Yeah. Oh, you ever played eighteen thousand people in Greece? No. No. Why are you uh, bothering? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> right then, um, I guess we should probably wrap this up soon. Yeah, we should probably. Um, what are you listening to at the moment? If anything. Silence. That's, that's not from the 80s. Oh. Well, in that case. That's fucked it, really. <laughs> I tell you, I, what I have been listening to is um, Dua Lipa. Yeah? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I really like Dua Lipa, actually. Mm. I like pop music. Like, that yeah. should yeah. come as no surprise to anyone that I like pop music. Um, but I've listened to it. I've also got into that band Greta Van Fleet. Oh, of, um, did you see the review they had on... Pitchfork. No, uh, did they get absolutely scissored? Oh, it's amazing, yeah. Oh, yeah. did they? It's 1.2 or something like 1. that. 1.2? 10. I wonder what we'd get on there, see. Because not, not. they just said this, you know, Led Zeppelin by number. It's Led Zeppelin for people. Led Zeppelin by people who, who should be in an old band cover, uh, old covers band who haven't gone bald yet. Oh, That's savage. the review. Because Snores is banging on about them. In the old well, the thing is, I'm like, at least someone's doing chat. something like that. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Let Live when Let Live came and did Glass Jaw too. They were doing Glass Jaw from Worship and Tribute onwards. Yeah, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, please yeah, crack Because if Glass Jaw not going to do it, Someone let somebody should. else do it. Yeah, and they did that. Um, so I let them off. But I never really, I was never really into Zeppelin. Well, I wasn't even alive. I mean, I love Zeppelin, but it's you know, I'd rather listen to that than a lot yeah. of shit this big. So, but do you, do you get the same excitement with new bands anymore? Or is not it just all, kind no. of no? <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, I'm just ignorant, really. I don't really... I find it, like, there's so much music now. Yeah. Like, there's so much coming out all the time. But I just find it exhausting, to be honest. I like Future Islands. They're, they're cool. But, like, all the bands I like just sound like bands that were bands f- 30 years ago. Yeah. You know? So... So the answer is no. No. Fuck uh, new music. Yeah, what are you listening to? Any new music? No. no. The answer is no. I'm listening to old music. I'm listening to Michael McDonald. Man. Make, making new new bands yeah. making old music yeah I listen to my 80s playlist on Spotify in work nice. and yeah. I force everyone else to fucking listen to it <coughs> and Yam will be there that's my jam <laughs> put that on after this nice Yam will be there I don't know if we oh don't sing what? it no we're, we're, uh, we're uh, uh, for copyright uh, no copyright I don't wanna what if I, do I get paid if I sing Kids in Glass Houses songs don't you no, we just can't hear the interview. So if you regret in saying anything right now, just give us a give me what you want and we're, do- we're doomed. Give me Volavons. Give me Volavons. Give me Volavons. I'm telling you now, please add that in your wedding set. Cause give me Volavons. Even if you just record it for me and send it to me. just I've been doing it for years. It's like I really want Yumi a Six to do Shave It for the Bedroom. <laughs> but they are. Okay, Maybe. yeah. That makes sense, yeah. They're coming back, Why do you look so lacklustre? Like you said that, like, oh, that's not a funny well, joke. It is a funny it, joke. No, it, I didn't say it wasn't. The podcast can't see. They are your eyes. Yeah, they, they can't see that. But the ginger eyes. eyes. There's ginger <laughs> eyes. He's denying. It's gonna be a thing now, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be a thing. You ginger. Oh, we got a thing. Um, yeah, cool. Well, on that awkward note that Morgan's caused. Um, do you have any other questions for Alid? 
I was going to mention... I sound like the angry mom. Don't bring up Tez. Do you have any other questions for our lid? As long as you don't bring up Tez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no. Well, we, we did have planned to bring up Drunken Festival Alids, but oh, we they, could probably oh, that's talk about that for another guy. hour. So. <laughs> you do You're going to have to well. book him separately if you want to speak <laughs> to Festival Alid. One quick story, Ian. Um, I said the other day, I messaged the boys from the Blackout because we still got a WhatsApp group. And um, I said, boys, any questions for Alid? <laughs> and Gavin said, ask him, does he remember the time that we were a fest- well, we were a Reading Festival? Oh, and it it was the middle of the night, and he'd come back, drunk out of his mind to his tent, decided to try and put it up then, spent two hours doing it, and then give up and just got into it like a giant <laughs> sleeping bag. <laughs> it wasn't mad. It was download, right? Oh, was, no, basically, uh, we go with different story. Yeah, I got yeah. it while it was dark. I was like, I can't fucking build a tent in the dark, sober. So I went into the festival, got pissed. I was like, hmm, fundamentals you haven't been dealt with, have they? So I fumbled for two two hours and I was like do you know what fuck it get in I don't need structure no I need sleep so totally I, shit didn't it? I crawled into my one man tent and just slept in it nice and I came out look at me now okay. yes. <laughs> am I alive yes well, what go? Yeah, that's, that's all that matters surely so you need yeah so poles are poles are for wankers basically mm. are we likely to see festival Alid I actually came out of retirement for Reading Festival this year how was that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> so good then. Well, yeah. first of all, yeah. I, came out, time. I was in full bloom, I think. I t- um, do you know what we'll do? Tell you what we'll do. Next time there's like a big festival yeah. or something in the summer, we'll go to a festival with Alid and we'll interview Festival yes. Alid. Yes. Put, it, put a GoPro on me, right? Oh, I reckon we'll have completely different answers to we this, Alid. Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. Same questions, can be completely different answers. I don't, yeah. I don't Fucking Shay! <laughs> <laughs> I got, yeah. Yes. Festi- yeah. Festivals are they're off limits. No one should talk about albums at the festival. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. you any, good. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Is there anything you'd like to plug or get out there to people? No, I'm not pushing anything at the moment, guys. Um, no, there's not. Um, you put me on the spot now. You fucked me up. Um, what if anybody wants any graphic work by you? Can they get in touch with you, or is it not a thing? No, I'm I'm working. No. I'm professional. No, we don't. I don't take off. Uh, Ooh. I don't do it off the uh, off meter. Well, you die, you people. But no, um, if you do want graphic work and you know you're looking for a talented freelancer, then Google it. <laughs> Find somebody <laughs> else. Type in artwork <laughs> freelancer. Um, well, yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you very much for doing this. It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be um, shit. Not like shit. Our, like our last album, shit <laughs> was actually like really good. Go and buy um, it. There you go. There's a plug. No, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've got no confidence in myself doing these things. So I don't, I, I don't <laughs> ever, don't ever, <laughs> man. Don't ever expect it to be any good. But I've enjoyed this, so thank you very much. Be a good one. And um, as you heard, your first, there's definitely going to be a kids in glass reunion. Definitely, it's going to happen. You can only find boys out like girls supporting. Boys like girls supporting. Like a bunch of cans. Let's go. <laughs> and solo, and you're going to go solo. To I will open be the show supporting as well. ourselves as a solo artist, He's so opening. I get paid He's more 70% money. Seventy percent opener and seventy <laughs> percent headliner. Yeah. yeah, all in one. It's 140% both. What? <laughs> Let's leave it. We've gone too far. Yeah. Thank you, Alid. Thank you very much. Cheers. Ta-da. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That was the fantastic Alid Phillips. I think he was awesome. Um, thank you very much to Alid for coming on, being so open, so candid with us. Um, it really means a lot, especially to be our first guest. It means either um, he has lots of faith in us or he doesn't care anymore. I think it's a little... Column A and a little... No, it's mainly column B, I think. No, I think you are right the first time. I think it's a mixture of both. I don't know. Anyway, thank you very much to Alid. Make sure to listen to Kids in Glasshouse's back catalogue, wherever you listen to music. We've got anthems for days. Fantastic, fantastic band. Anyway, we've got a guest again next week. Another one? Yep. We're spoiling them already. Yep, like the person who brings the Freire Roche to a banquet. Oh, I love that person. <laughs> I do. I I love her for her, Roche. The other chocolates are available. Anyway, another guest next week. Please share, subscribe, rate on iTunes, rate wherever else you can rate it. Share on Twitter. Tag us in it so we can share it as well. Instagram stories, post it, send it to your parents, anything. Just get out there. Yeah, please um, listen to it on uh, mute. That's a good one. Do what I do. Go on Spotify. Put it three times the speed and mute day. You don't even have to listen to it then. It'll, and it'll be done in 20 minutes. If you could put that on loop and keep that on forever, that'd be fantastic. That would be amazing. Also, I've said too much. Um, anyway. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sounded like the beginning of a Slayer record. <laughs> you got any fair rushes? You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.